Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children all ears, welcome to Tatami Talk. My name is Juan. This is my triple partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, you want to tell the world what you've been up to lately? Yeah, I got my knee surgery finally this uh, Tuesday, um, which is why the audio quality might sound a little different because I couldn't lug around the, um, the equipment. So I'm using my gaming headsets. So um, on the good side is that it kind of blocks out the, the AC that I had running in the background because the painkillers I'm taking is making me sweat a lot. Okay. So I, I can't tell if I'm having withdrawal symptoms already. But <laughs> <laughs> Are you just cutting weight? Is that trying to do? Yeah, that, that's it. That's totally it. I actually gained a lot of weight during this whole thing, so it's uh, good that I'm losing weight now. So. I can imagine. We're all, we're all not working out as much as we used to right now. Well, I was trying to gain weight, so it was good, but <laughs> I'm losing all my muscle mass again. Yeah, I know. I'm very happy to get your knee surgery already. I'm sorry. I'm a little selfish about that because I want you on the mat. I can throw you around and yep. throw people stuff on you. Well, the, it's a good time to recover, so I, I wanted to move it up, but um, COVID kind of pushed everything back, so. Yeah, yeah. This works out all right well uh today's subject we're going to talk about is training on your own and like and mostly just training when you watch videos so a lot of people will watch videos online they'll watch stuff on youtube stuff on instagram and be like i want to try that i see that that looks really cool i want to try it and when people try it sometimes they're not doing it correctly because in my opinion if you want to learn stuff online or learn stuff off youtube or off instagram you got to be at a certain level you got to be at a decent orange belt, almost green belt, I think, to be able to watch something online and then be able to dissect it and then try it out the dojo or at home or wherever you want to try it out at. See, I, I kind of have firsthand experience with that is I actually forgot where I was ta- who I was talking about this with. I think it might be on Reddit. But um, when, I, when I was a white belt, our classes were only like twice a week or something like that. And I, w- I just want to learn more on the side. So I just went online looked at youtube videos but it's kind of the example i like to use is um it's like trying to learn japanese through watching like japanese dramas or like you're just watching anime and drama or or learning a foreign language by like watching like a foreign language show when you don't even know the alphabet yet Mm -hmm. right so it's kind of hard to know what you're what understand what you're watching and um you might misunderstand it like maybe the stuff that they're saying are actually slang or colloquial terms or maybe they're a different dialect like <laughs> maybe you're learning cantonese the whole time and not actually mandarin chinese for example right yeah so I've, it's I've important important like you said it's important that you have a good um basics of judo and understand mechanics so that when you see something you should be able to at least say okay that's dangerous and that's not dangerous and that mm-hmm. works and that doesn't work um, but the, for me, one of the biggest things, um, was Ukigoshi and Ogoshi, mm-hmm. the two hip throws. I could not for tell the, the life difference. of me tell the difference as a white yeah. belt. I couldn't tell a difference. Then I went to my sensei, I showed them a video. I was like, what is the difference? And he tried to explain it. And I still don't understand it. <laughs> like he showed it to me and I still don't uh-huh. understand it. But then he threw me with it. Like actually feeling the difference between the two throws that's when you're like oh okay that now i kind of can see the difference and i went yeah. back and I looked at the video and i started seeing those subtle differences that mm-hmm. i didn't notice before so that's that's how i feel so that number one thing is obviously safety right you it's don't want to you don't want to try stuff well, out that's not that's, safe 
the funny thing is, this is the thing that I came up with. I, I started saying a lot lately is that a lot of people will see what I call John Wick throws on YouTube, like these really fancy, mm-hmm. intricate throws that look great on film, look great in a stunt, but an actual judo match or a grappling match at all, like they're not going to work all the time. Like they have very yeah. low probabilities of actually working. So people see that throw, it's like, wow, that looks really cool. I want to try that. And they ask me, hey, Sensei Juan, how's this throw work? I'm like, oh, someone was watching YouTube. Someone was on Instagram yep. today. And like they asked me, and I, I try to tell them, like, it's possible, but it's not 100%. This has very low probability. Some and people I te- I teach it, you know, I'll teach, yeah. them it to, teach it to them, but sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. Well, the, the thing is, some people see it and they're like, oh, that, look, that looks like it's doable, but they don't think about like how how the grip works right the throw yeah. is possible but how the grip works and even if the grip works how would you get to that grip in the first place mm-hmm. like why would your opponent let you grab let you get to direction get to that you know? grip or if they're your opponent's so bad that they let you get that grip why don't you just get like a more powerful grip that's yeah. harder to get in the first well, place so everything looks good with a partner when a partner's letting me throw them my hardest and my most fanciest throw of course it's gonna look great on youtube of course it's gonna look great on instagram but um it's called so clickbait, that's, that's right? One part. <laughs> that, that's one part when you have someone that's going to help you out and make you look good. But another thing is, is um, when you do watch stuff on YouTube, like I've, with videos that I've, like even I put up videos on Instagram. And when I put up videos on Instagram of like how to work out by yourself or how to work out the duffel bag or something I like to do, and I demonstrate that on my own Instagram account, is that I don't demonstrate it to the lowest denominator. Mm-hmm. You, you, I kind of expect people to have a basic knowledge. Like I said, like about a, orange belt or green belt i can understand what i'm talking about i don't have time to explain every step i'm coming in for ipon sonagi one two turn over mm-hmm. get on your back make sure your hips are down i'm demonstrating like a, a little quick thing that here this is what you do to do ipon sonagi with a duffel bag and if you're a white belt and you watch my video watch it and you look at it, it's like okay i can do that you might get bad you might develop mm-hmm. bad technique and bad habits and i understand that but it's because I'm at a certain level and I expect other people to be at that level when I watch my videos. And if you're not, yeah. you're just like lugging around a bag. It may feel good, but you might not be doing it correctly or you might end up hurting yourself. That's true for all martial arts. I don't think it's just judo, but judo, it's, it, you can't really slow down a throw. So yeah. <laughs> that's like, a, it's more true for judo, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think one thing on YouTube videos that I see very often um, because I, I subscribe to a bun- bunch of um, content creators. Like, I have the Grappler's Guide. I just bought the Striker's Guide, which is kind of the same thing. But um, they show how to do things correctly. Yeah. But a lot of them don't spend the time to show common mistakes and inc- incorrect ways of doing things. Because when we do Uchikomi, for example, very rarely do you do like 100 reps of something, even as an experienced person, very rarely do you do 100 reps of something and like over 90% of those 100 reps are perfect, right? Yeah, or exactly the same. Or exactly the same. So yeah. you're always striving for perfection and every single rep I'm thinking, was my leg in the right position? Were my arm movements right? Was the Kazushi right? Was this right? But it's, all, it's like sharpening a sword. You're just constantly working on it, grinding at it. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to notice those mistakes in the first place. And I feel like a lot of these videos, what they're lacking is showing the, the like, oh, notice this thing I just did. I just did it wrong. And this is what you have to look out for when you practice this. Like, almost none of those videos have that. 
Well, it's and, you look at some and you actually videos, see it too. When you look at some of these videos and they grab the guy and they throw them and they'll mm-hmm. do little things that they don't notice that they do themselves. Like, yep. like with me, when I do Tayatoshi or something, I like to get my elbow underneath the armpit. And sometimes I don't say that when I do it. And some people think, oh, he's putting his arm, he's putting my, I'm putting my elbow across her chest or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's right underneath the armpit when I, when I push somebody over. And I think that's something that when I'm at a dojo and I have time to explain stuff and show every little bit, then you get explanation. I watch you. I see you mess up. I, I try to fix you. I try to help you out. Whereas a video, you just see him do it a couple times, mm-hmm. talk about it a little bit, and then you're supposed to do it on your own. And you might have a partner that also does judo or grappling and can help you out. Or sometimes you just have a girlfriend or buddy or wife or whatever, a duffel bag, and you're just trying to make it work. <laughs> so I think it's great if you, if you want to learn from watching YouTube, watching Instagram. I think it's great if you have a certain level. Now, that's just my yep. thing. You have well, to understand what the techniques are and how to demonstrate them. Well, not demonstrate, but you have to understand how to do them and be able to dissect mm-hmm. it once you watch everything. Yeah, so another good example is, um, I mean, you like to make fun of my Uchimata all the time and call it a <laughs> Hanegoshi, right? Yeah, I'm um, not making fun of you. I'm just saying what I see. I'm just telling you so what I see. You would, me as, me, when I was learning Uchimata, I was watching, base, I've probably seen every single Uchimata video in all life all languages that are available out there on YouTube, right? Uh-huh. And what always confused me would be they would show the Uchikomi of how to do Uchimata, and then you go and look at their competition clip, and they do it, like, completely differently. Totally different, yeah. Totally different. <laughs> so that's something that's confusing, too, because they're telling these beginners to practice it this way, but then in reality, you don't do it that way. Then for the longest time, I was like, why can I not do it in Randori? Like, I, I just can't. I, I, I just can't. I've, been training this like a billion times and you can't do it then i start looking at other videos and other mechanics and other ways of doing um ushimata and from my travels i was asking different people how to do it and you start piecing all these things together and you're like oh that's why he's doing it that way in a competition because you got to break the posture and also if you're you're too tall then you're, you can't really do the hip version you have to do the leg version and your opponent's much shorter than you and all these other things start putting it together. And um, so I feel like that's something that they need to explain too, is like, we're practicing it this way because you learn mechanics, but this is not how you would do it in Rondori or in real life. Well, right? the funny thing is that when you show me your videos, you always show me the Japanese style. And it is true. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch a lot of Japanese competitors do uchikomis or like do demonstrations, mm-hmm. they are doing like a very traditional outside the leg style but not super Definitely. low like you're doing it you're doing it way too low you need to put your leg out to tanagoshi so they <laughs> show it <laughs> but... they show it i know you disagree so the way they show it they're doing like the harder more like mm-hmm. traditional way where if you do it a competition style you're going straight up the middle or going to the inner leg more but if you watch from competition they're doing it that way but if you see their demonstrationals they're like this mm-hmm. is how you do uchimata and they show it that way and then like you, you see it, you get stuck in there. And then you come to class and we see you do it. It's like, nah, man, that's not going to work. That's almost so, Hanagoshi. So, here, right here, so, so a lot of people define Hanagoshi as bending the, the leg and the sweep, uh, hitting the, the inner leg. Mm-hmm. But you actually feel a difference is like Hanagoshi, you feel it a lot more on the hip versus uh, Uchimata. You kind of feel your, your leg like slicing the uke in half. So that's mm-hmm. that's... What, what that's how i'm going to defend my <laughs> uchimata from you but um that's fine that's fine you defend all you want but um 
my other uh, theory on why they demonstrated that way, but it looks different in competition, is that they train to aim for the the far um the far leg, the close leg, what whatever the, the, the leg <laughs> on the inside, right? Uh-huh. But when in competition, when the opponent is trying to avoid it, then it's gonna they're gonna shift over to the side. So even though you're aiming this way, they shift over, so it ends up looking like it's down the middle or on the outside. Yeah, so that's that's my theory on that. Mm. But um, well, that's a good thing because you like that throw, so you look up demonstrations of you look on YouTube and Instagram and other websites and stuff on how to do uchimata because you know it and you like it. And I think that's when it works when you look for when you look up stuff that you're already good at. I like katagruma, so I look up for different interesting ways to do katagruma. Especially now, since I can't do traditional uh, grabbing the leg katagrumas, mm-hmm. I have to look for different ways of getting like a cross grip on the guy coming in underneath their uh, armpits to do a katagruma or spinning all the way. Like I've seen a really interesting one. The guy spins all the way out to do katagruma. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a reverse seonagi, but it's, it's just different. And yeah. I think it helps when you look up throws that you know how to do and you understand and try to build on that. But if you don't know how to do mm-hmm. uchimata or katagruma or harayagoshi, I don't think you should be going on YouTube and trying to see these really fancy That's very true. doing it. He sees very fancy ways of doing it, and then you ask me how to do it that way. You need to get the basics down first. And yep. if you if you have a good throw, like when you when you first start out, you're really good at Otoskari. You're really good at Ipon Seonagi. So then that's where the throws you can go look up and try to find out different ways of doing it, different grips of how to get it. That's when I think going online helps you out. Yeah, especially on on YouTube videos. Most of the well, not most of them, but a lot of them are seminars, right? Mm-hmm. And those seminars are always like how the person does it, his style. Their style, yes. It's not necessarily the the one that teaches the basics and mechanics, or the one that might work for you. Mm-hmm. So you just going straight up, not from not knowing the throw to trying to emulate it is a bit silly, I think. Yeah. So that's not necessarily always the best um, thing to, to go for a YouTube video to learn the very basics of the throw. And so, like to me, you got to get some mat timing. You have to go inside of a dojo. You have to go inside of a gym. Someone that knows how to do throws. I know how to do. That knows how to do judo to learn judo throws. Uh, one of the worst. One of the things that I get sometimes when I go to um, other gyms to practice and train is something like, "Oh, Juan, you're a you're a black belt judo, right?" Like, yeah. Hey, I'll see. I've been watching how to do harayagoshi. Always want to learn harayagoshi. MMA gyms always want to learn harayagoshi. I want you to do harayagoshi on this YouTube video. Am I doing it right? And one thing that Haragoshi is a great throw. I love it. It's actually one of my favorite throws to do. But everyone always goes too high. And it's because in okay. demonstrations, they always demonstrate hooking the leg right at the knee joint or hooking it right at the knee, mm-hmm. if, you, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, you should, play, you might, yep. you should understand. Yeah. <laughs> looking right there at the knee. And if you understand, the way I like to teach is that you start off low. Like, we'll start at the ankle. And by the time your throw's fully in the air, you're locked on the knee. And that's what's going to sweep them up and over. Mm-hmm. But if you only see in judo videos on YouTube that they hit the knee, they go right on the knee, right underneath the knee, yep. and then you go there and try it because you've never done it before, you're not going to hit it. You're going to go, you're going to touch the knee and then go right up the hip. You go almost on the, you're going to go all the way up the hip, almost to the waist, pretty much trying to throw a guy. Uh-huh. And it's not going to work. And you're like, hey, this shit doesn't <laughs> work. I mean, this guy tries to do high boshi and it doesn't work on nobody. I've been, I've been training for who knows how long at home, try it at the gym now. And it's like, this doesn't work. See, judo doesn't work. Judo doesn't work. No. Because you don't know it, because he didn't explain it in the YouTube video exactly. on the Instagram. 
A lot of people just, like you said, focuses on the leg sweeping the knee, but not the fact that it's a hip throw. Like people like to give judo a lot of shit for um, being kind of anal about the name, the naming conventions, but it's in the name. Like it's a sweeping hip throw. Yeah, and you'll see people watching MMA and be like, "Oh, that's that's how I go." She, but there's like absolutely mm-hmm. no hip contact mm-hmm. at all, and it's what's it's actually an ashiguruma, but they think it's how I go. She, but they're like, "Oh, it's the same thing." It's like a sweep sweeping the leg, and they don't understand the mechanics differentiate throws a lot. So yeah, well, it was like this past weekend the UFC Daniel Cormier, uh, someone was trying to do how I go. She, but they had mm-hmm. a wizard. They didn't have yeah, the no, he called it a wizard kick throw, kick throw, yeah, right? He called it a yeah. wizard kick throw, wizard hip throw, or something, leg throw. I can't remember what the hell he called he it. Called it a the Uchimata, It was a wizard Uchimata. He called it a wizard kick throw. But then I looked yeah. it up. It's actually a legitimate wrestling technique name. No, it so is. That, like I, I know, like I know stuff. Like, I grew up with. That's what he called it and stuff. But it's just doing judo so long, and my mind's in judo. So when I hear that, I was like, oh my god! Like <laughs> he wasn't trying that, or maybe he was. I don't know exactly. But just <laughs> seeing that, just being. It was, it was funny because that brings me to another thing that's kind of funny with names. I don't know, off topic now. It was really funny when you would see Mar Ronaldo back in the day when he would do strike force mm-hmm. and he would call judo throws by their real name. And um, Pat Milicic was his partner. And Pat Milicic would come out like the wrestling name or call it subject. <laughs> oh, I call it a hip throw. Oh, well, you attempted to do Uchimata. So he's like, oh, well, we just call it a hip throw in America. And I felt bad for Mar because, you know, he could be made fun of like, no, yeah. it's the right name not doing anything wrong he's calling it the correct name <laughs> without training judo i don't think you will understand like why the different hip throws are named differently yeah so everyone like most people that i train with don't know just between uh uchimata or haragoshi and hanagoshi. Or, yeah or hanagoshi or anything but the funny thing is because those things are the same thing like yeah so how do you do that that uchimata on the outside i did uchimata on the, on the outside leg oh you mean haragoshi hanagoshi they're like yeah, 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 you know that Uchimata thing you guys do? And it's like, yeah, I know that Uchimata thing you do. We need to do an episode on the differences on those throws. <laughs> well, we'd have to... I think it's a pretty heavily debated topic, too, so... Well, yeah. Well, the thing is that we need to set up a camera and show everybody yeah. our stuff. But... So as a beginner... On, yeah, yeah, so, so as, a, as a beginner, what would you... Well, what would you recommend a beginner, is what I was going to say, to do? Oh. What, what kind of videos mm-hmm. to look up? For me, what are some red flags? <laughs> red flags? Anything where people are getting cross grips already when you're a white belt, don't mm-hmm. do that just yet. Okay. Oguruma grips, not just yet. Tr- traditional collar elbow grips from there. Basic throw. Okay. Basic simple throw. You should just, like I said before, Osotagari, Ogoshi, mm-hmm. Iponsonagi, you know. Um, maybe. Uh, ochigari and kochigari because i think those are very simple throws that mm-hmm. even the fancier ones don't get too crazy but some of the kochi ones can get a little crazy sometimes you get spin moves times See, i really don't like people telling people to learn osotogari or practice osotogari on their friends uh, uh-huh. during oh the, why, during, why not <laughs> no dur- during this whole thing um <laughs> this covid thing some i think someone actually suggested um i read somewhere that Oh, you can do Osotogari. It's pr- it's pretty safe. Like, but it's probably one of the most hardest throws to take as someone as a nuke. Like, yeah. I mean, oh. you, you ever Kimura used to concuss people his dojo all the time was a story, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is that even when I do Osotogari, like, I'll like people at the dojo know when I'm gonna do a demonstration. When I'm demonstrating a throw, I'm gonna do like with some power into. When I tell them like, mm-hmm. 
and I grab and say, I'm sorry. And then I throw it. <laughs> they know that because I'm gonna say, I'm sorry. They know like, oh shit, shit's about to get real. Because even when you do a Sotogadi light, you you can't do it that light because then you won't get the hit yeah. placement. You won't get the hit power. And you need to feel that to go in and knock a person down. So yeah, you know it's one of the first basic throws we teach. It is one of the more harder throws to take. A lot of uh, jujitsu videos out there, like when jujitsu clubs out there that put up video and teach Osotogari, mm-hmm. they're actually teaching um, Osoto Otoshi. Osoto Otoshi. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're 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 kind of you know how the beginners they don't know how to sweep the leg up all the way and or yeah. put the put all the weight onto the leg that you're you're sweeping away. You're sweeping. Yeah. Yeah. They're not putting all the weight there, sweeping the leg away and sending the person flying. They're just putting the leg behind the leg. The, the opponent's yeah, leg yeah. and then dragging them down pretty much like yeah it's they're, like cool it's, it's a block you know? yeah, they're, yeah they're just blocking their 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 leg and then pushing them down you know that and, explains a lot now when a lot of jujitsu people come and they say they know i do also tagadi and i see them and they never sweep the leg a lot of the if you look up on youtube a lot of videos they teach a sotogadi that way and the reason they do it that way is first of all it's easier mm-hmm. second of all it the fall is a lot less hard or yeah, the well, there's no fall, pretty much. You're, you're not being swept lame. off. You're not being swept off your feet and go going flying in the air and landing potentially head first. Yeah. So head th- that, first. Yes. Yeah. So that that's something that another example of something you should look out for is if you don't understand the mechanics of the throw, then you might be doing something wrong, something totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that helps out a lot if you actually know what's going on and you know what you're doing. That's why you have to go to a dojo. Hey, I have to keep saying that again, but you need to go to a dojo and actually it's something you can't that. really do in a lot of places right now. <laughs> well, my my personal recommendation is stick to the basics, like breakfall videos. Are, it's hard to mess up a breakfall video. Yeah. Um, breakfalls are super super important. Like people underestimate it because if you're afraid of falling, that's the first thing you're going to think when you go fight someone. That's you're not thinking about what move you're going to do, how you're going to counter someone, or committing 100% to your throw. Um, and also, if you get injured, you can't train. So, well, with watching, like, I don't see a lot of breakfall videos, but there are some, some really cool ones where the guys are just jumping in the air and do a back bump and stuff, or a, yeah. a back ukemi. There's a lot of more advanced followings that I, I'll do with people sometimes at the dojo that I could actually make, I could make a video about that. Yeah, see, my, right my goal before. Uh, I get back onto the mats is to be able to do it on concrete, on asphalt. I've actually like, done, I've done Ukemi before on concrete. One time I slipped out a movie, at a, I was doing a movie and I was writing the scene and I tripped up and I just did a forward Ukemi and I popped right oh, back I, up. Yeah, I can, I can do that, but I'm, think, I'm talking about like jumping up, doing a front flip and landing mm-hmm. straight on your back. Like I want to be able to do that. And you want to do this at a grocery store with some wet floors <laughs> so you can make money off of this? No, I want to do it just so I can feel confident about my my uh, ukemi because I think very few people out there can say that they're so confident with their ukemi skills that they're able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. With no mats. Tight. So you want me to osotogari you at the store also? No, that's that's a little too much. But yeah, ukemi super important, underrated. I also think tai sabaki is something that a lot of beginners. Maybe if you already have martial arts background, then Taisabaki might be seem simple to you. But you'd be surprised how uncoordinated some people are when you need to do something um out of the blue, like not not in a sequence, like move yeah. left and a right, left, right, and then right, left, 
left, right. So body movement, footwork, all that kind of stuff is good to, to work on. Yeah. But mainly isolating the upper and the lower body's movement so you don't have to focus on two things at once. Because you see a lot of people doing shadow uchikomis and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they'll be like not really focusing on what they're doing wrong on the bottom part, but they're yeah. only focusing on their hands and vice versa. So that's well, my that's my opinion. Well, that's one thing when people see judo on the videos is that they only see they only see like our bodies moving and our hands. No one focus on the feet movement that much. No focus yep. on the foot placement. And if you don't know how to do what I call like a judo two step inside, mm-hmm. because it's just two steps and a turn for most of our throws, and people don't get that. Some people come in, they see somebody like, well, how do I do these steps? And it's like there's no steps. It's not like five steps in. There's just two steps mm-hmm. and a turn, or a one so, step and a cross step, and then you turn your body and you're throwing a person. I think that's a good segue into like. As the intermediate judoka, what will you like start looking into? Because to build on what you said, when I watch the videos um, of someone demonstrating a throw, it might be like a a ten second clip, but I would rewatch that clip at least thirty times. I would, oh yeah, I would look at, at in slow motion too. I'd be like, where is he putting his feet? He just demonstrated that uchi, uh, that um, drill, uchikomi drill, whatever drill, ten times. Did his foot land in a different spot every single time for each rep? And if so, what, what were the differences in what he did? Well, that's the um, thing when you watch a video, when you're more advanced, like I said, you're at that green belt, orange belt, green belt, that middle level right there, and you're getting more advanced. You got to start looking at stuff where I go from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. So I first watch the move they do. Watch what they do exactly. Whatever throw it's going to be, whether it's a John Wick style or Olympic style, whatever it's going to work, whatever they're doing. And I look, okay, how do their feet come in? Which steps do they use? How do they, are they cross-stepping? Are they turning around? Are they two steps in and turning their body? And I work my way up. I wash your feet first, then the hips, the body. Then you watch where the hands are placed and how are they moving the body? Are they turning the hips one way, moving the body the opposite direction to come inside? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand this stuff once you get, you can't just be like, baby's first step yep. is going to be a backflip, okay? And this is why, like we said, you had to be at least semi-experienced because then you would know he did that thing because your body feels off balance this way when he does this thing like mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a flick of the wrist like this causes someone to to react a certain way and you wouldn't know that as a beginner why we flick the wrist that's one thing people yep. just think that oh it's just like opening up the jacket well why am i opening up the jacket am i setting him up for something mm-hmm. am i pulling him down when i do that am i snapping him down so he comes up his weight's now up on his toes so i can look more easier if you don't know that you just think like oh why is he why is he doing this for why is he why is he moving his wrist for <laughs> you don't know why like so why, why did I, you hop in a little bit? I thought I knew everything about flicking the wrist already, but when I went to Japan to train, this one sensei was giving me shit about not applying pressure with my wrist properly. He's not even talking about flicking. He was just talking about applying subtle pressure that you can't see. Yeah. And I, I felt the difference when he demonstrated on me and when uh-huh. he grabbed his hand on my wrist and like showed me how to do it. Yeah. But I, I for my life, cannot <laughs> replicate it still. <laughs> so... That was when I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a whole new, it's kind of like when you first discover different ways of kumigata, like grip fighting. It's oh, like yeah. a whole new world to me. Like, it's, uh, like when I first started doing judo and we're going over, go back to Sotagari again, we're mm-hmm. going through Sotagari. When you do Sotagari to somebody, there's this, what I call this little rotation right here when you grab the collar. So when I grab somebody, I do a slightly rotation, pulling them down and I pull the collar up. So I'm going to bring that collar now behind their back as I go for the body. And if you see that in a video, all you're going to see 
is a little bit of you're gonna see a little bit of body like it looks like it's turning like it's just like, gonna look yeah. like this you're not gonna see this whole part where i'm actually pulling his body down a little bit so now he's gonna cut, reverse himself to get back up and i'm gonna use that to push his body back and i tell it to people when i'm when i'm teaching i'm telling that to you this is why i'm doing it it's this little circle motion right here i'm pulling him down pulling him over that push him over right here in a video i may say it yeah, i'm pulling him down here to push him over you may you may not get that you might not understand it or you may not just gloss it over and be like ah whatever okay so he grabs here and they put him directly over no there's little things that pull the guy down and push him over but as you get older and as you learn more and one thing that i like, i don't want to boast or nothing but i've learned the one of my things that i wanted to learn almost all the throws in judo i can at least demonstrate them dissect them explain mm -hmm. them and teach the people and I think I've become pretty good at that because when I was younger, I used to watch the Gokyo all the time. If, if most people don't know, I'm a, I'm a work, we live in LA, I'm a working actor in LA. So I have time on set to watch judo videos all the time. So when I'm in between sets, I used to watch the Gokyo all the time. I used to watch Neil Adams, Gokyo, all the time. So I'd watch, in, the, in his video, he would demonstrate it, kind of explain it a little bit, and then show it in competition or show how it looked in competition. And from there, be like, oh, that's a very uncommon throw. I want to see how that one works more often. Like you one time asked me how to do um, Yamarashi, what's it? Yamarashi, yeah. Yeah, Yamarashi, you asked me to do it. I like, asked everyone oh. that question. <laughs> I was like, oh, I kind of know how to do this throw. I'm not great at it, but I know that I know how to dissect it enough to teach people it and what it's supposed to look like and how, why they hold the arm up right yep. here and why we kick out that leg as we come over on the guy. You know? Yep. And that's one thing that I enjoy is that you the more throws you learn and the more ways you learn how to do them the easier they teach and you're gonna get people coming with weird stuff every now and then, you know i feel like well even i, th I think at, when you get to the advanced level you should make more videos like at this day and age because that's one way of preserving your style of judo for mm -hmm. the next generation yeah. and um also there might not be someone else who does that technique that you demonstrate the same way that you do ever again right oh yeah like and our like our sensei sensei philippe yep you know i've taken everything he's taught me and stuff and try to do because i like the way he learned it mm -hmm. and way he learned it and he learned a lot of these throws when he used to train when he was younger with the tokyo hamada mm -hmm. so when you think about what hollywood judo style or what our style is and stuff you can think about it going from all the way back then it's not exactly the same anymore probably yeah. from back then to now but we do a certain style of throws that aren't done that often. Like we do a lot of a cross step throws that a lot of dojos and other places don't know or don't use at all. So yeah, know, I remember upload. I re uploaded a video clip of him doing that Haragoshi, and people yeah. were like, "Oh, it's a it's a cross step, so it must be Ogoduma." <laughs> and <laughs> no, no, it's not. But speaking of videos and stuff, teaching people online, I'm actually planning on maybe next month or so. I'm gonna reopen up my YouTube channel. My mm -hmm. um real judo and with my youtube channel what i was teaching before before i closed it when i was doing no gi judo and when i when i teach on there is that you got you kind of have to have a certain level of experience already again like i'm not gonna go over super super basic white belt stuff or beginner stuff but when i do no gi judo i'm gonna teach like how to do an over and under grip or a double over or double under grip or head and arm grip and stuff and how to do harai goshi and where to put your leg and how to throw people or how do Ippon Sonagi a judo style way with no gi on? So let's see. I get some people watching those videos soon. So go, going back to learning through the videos, um, a lot of people 
get intimidated by anything that's not English based. But mm-hmm. um, people have to remember, like Japan and France are the two biggest judo countries out there, right? Yeah. So I a lot of the good stuff that I've seen are actually in Japanese and and French. And mm-hmm. knowing some basic French or Japanese, or being able to like, this is why it's good to know all the judo terms in Japanese, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I can I can find a kanji for uchimata and I'll just mm-hmm. type it, put it into YouTube or something, and and sort it by most recently uploaded. And you yeah. just see a bunch of like videos so yeah knowing another language or at least attempting to search up sources from another language will probably be better than finding something that's made in america you know like we don't have that many judokas here (laughs) well it depends on what kind of judo you want to learn also now if you Mm -hmm. want to learn traditional or olympic style judo you got to go to the countries that have the best players you got to look up the french players you got to look at the japanese players the russian players Korean players and stuff. If you want to watch how to, how to do stuff in competition that works at an Olympic level, at a high level, you have to watch those videos. But if you want to just look at cool John Wick style stuff, there's tons of American YouTubers. And yeah, the pe- people YouTubers. aren't. Yeah, <laughs> people aren't exactly the most excited to watch the kind of videos I watch where yeah. they break down like mechanics of all the throws, and mm-hmm. it, it's very time consuming trying to translate something from a language you don't understand to yeah. something else, well, but but that goes with where you're getting trained at. You know, this yep. is one thing that I that I get annoyed at, me personally, because the way I was taught. You're doing judo. You're doing a Japanese art. Now, all our throws are in Japanese. It gets really uh, annoying to me when I have people visit sometimes, or someone that watches judo and says, "Oh, what, can you show me that that hip throw?" Like, okay, he's talking about ogoshi. Yeah, okay, let's do that one. Or can you show me that shoulder throw? Like, it's iponsonag. Call iponsonag. Or a lot of people say. That leg throw, show me that, mm-hmm. that leg throw, Uchimata or Haraigoshi, whichever one. When you're taught judo at a dojo, you should be taught the proper name and know their name. And the worst is when people have been doing judo for a long time and don't know their name. One of the funniest stories about people not knowing names is that I was at a, at a, at a coaching clinic and this coach was talking about his favorite technique is Ochi Kochigari. And he kept saying, yeah, so, you know, I like teaching Ochi Coach Gotti. I like doing Ochi Coach Gotti, Ochi Coach Gotti. I was like, and even the guy that was doing the class, was like, so which one do you like more, Ochi or Coach Gotti? He's like, I, I like doing Ochi Coach Gotti. He didn't know that they were two different throws and two different names. Maybe it's dementia. I don't know. <laughs> he was a younger, he wasn't a, he was an old cat, all right? He wasn't oh, okay. that young cat either. But, but I think that when you're, you should know the names of judo because it should be easier for you also. If I know yep. Iposonagi and I go to any gym in the world and they say, blah, 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 their language, Iposonagi, okay, we're going to work with Iposonagi. I mean, blah, 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 Haraigoshis, I know Haraigoshi. Yep. It makes okay. you wonder during this whole thing how many, how many beginners out there who are desperate to train actually spent time studying the terms or <laughs> spent time practicing breakfalls because you don't really need mats to practice breakfalls, like just slapping the floor. So. <laughs> Well, if you do the basic one, you're laying down your back and you're just going to one side to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't need. A I I did that for almost a year when I was a kid and started. Mm-hmm. You know? So you just do okemis on your bed, you know. Just yeah. do some back okemis, yeah. some forward okemis, some side. Why not? I know you've had some um some of our um, citrus colors in our dojo hit you up asking about certain throws. Yeah, I I just put together a a word document that I um put together for new people, just like the basic terms and what they mean and 
something that you you pull you you pull the, the new people aside and tell them like who invented judo what is the two principles of judo all that kind of basic yeah. stuff because that's another thing i feel like we could use more uh youtube videos of is people talking about philosophy of judo because uh in the original Kodokan, lectures were part of the curriculum hmm. right but nobody's gonna sit there and especially <laughs> nowadays nobody's gonna sit there and listen to me talk about or anyone talk about philosophy and stuff of judo so well maybe it's because you have a brown belt i know the black belt they listen to me more but that's well, what i, I always do with almost with all white belts after either their first or second class usually their second class i'll pull the white belt aside and mm-hmm. i'll put them in seiza and i'll explain to them everything about judo i'll explain what we sit down what uh yame means why we line up this way why we sit this way that's a uh, one-time thing though I'm, I'm talking about regular like discussions on judo and q a sessions right what is the philosophy on uchimata well how how many people actually understand what mutual benefit like the, the deeper meaning between in mutual benefit is right you walk away i walk away <laughs> so, see that's that's a very surface level but how does it intertwine how does that apply to real life right because people like to say oh judo teaches you all this stuff or in, in real life and stuff and if you're able to figure out yourself how judo connects to your, your own life, then great. But not everyone out there um, can connect the dots without some guidance, right? Or well, asking know, some questions. I don't think our dojo, like we talk about certain things and talk about philosophy of judo every now and then, not a lot, every now and then and stuff. But we, there was actually a situation that happened a couple of weeks ago where one of our students, one of our part-time students, brother was um, had a situation with his brother, with the police. And um, he went on this big rant of, you guys need to learn respect and you guys should go do judo and learn judo from Hollywood. You need to learn judo from good senseis like Sensei Philippe and Sensei Gary and stuff. And I was like, wow, that, that really maybe that really touched me when he said that, when he put us in this long post that he did, that he learned respect and discipline from Hollywood, where we don't go through it a whole lot. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but we talk about it sometimes and a little bit. And I don't know if he got that from someone told him on the side one day about something or if he just saw the respect that we give each other in class because it isn't a big thing in our class that we like go through the rules all the time mm-hmm. we do go through the rules all the time for competition yeah but if you act up we will tell you hey calm down hey you need to stop that right now you want to act like that get out the class right now or i think that we're more strict about that kind of stuff than about the philosophy of judo and the the gentle way yeah it's not very gentle right but um yeah ain't nothing gentle about it i i know what you mean like i try to talk about you know how we hang out sometimes after class on the mats while we clean up and stuff like that i try to like impart some of that to some of the beginners yeah without going all like oh bjj saved my life kind of thing (laughs) you know (laughs) like so well, I'm, as an Asian guy, I know this is yeah. terrible. But as an Asian guy doing martial arts, you should get like get a Fu Manchu, whiten out your hair and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't want to go all like the guy who goes around spreading that kind of crap. But it does. <laughs> I think it does relate. It's an important part of judo. If without without that, it's just another combat sport. We're just we're just fighting. Yeah, like, and that stuff so. you're not going to learn online. That stuff you're not going to learn from watching videos. That stuff you're not going to watch just people practicing. That you're going to get at the dojo. And again, that's why you need the dojo. You actually learn judo from somebody with experience. 
and can you can see this stuff in person see this stuff they have so i mean it's it it's kind of we're kind of in consensus already and i'm sure everyone knows it's nothing beats training at the dojo right yes but what can what can what do you think is the best thing that you can get out of videos on other than ba- basics if you basics. that we talked about i think when it comes to videos like i said before you have to be a certain level you know if you're a beginner and watch videos it's good so if you forget something you can go look at it and remember it again or say you got hurt or injured and you mm-hmm. want to work on something you can look at it visualize it think about it but you can't learn the full throw from a video you just can't and this is sound terrible because like i put videos up and mm-hmm. other senseis put videos up and stuff but you got to go to a dojo if you want to actually learn this stuff so for me i think um i've i while i was injured i've done a lot of learning with bjj on through video mm-hmm. and what i really liked is they're able to teach you like the game the um, like a flow think about a flow chart right mm-hmm. if i'm at the bottom i should be trying to get on top if i'm on top i should be trying to pass the guard if i'm on side control i should be trying to go in a full mount like mm-hmm. there's there's this whole system and you can study that right and i think judo should have a little more of that versus um versus like Tai Sabaki and all that stuff we just talked about. But yeah. Um that is something that you I think is not a waste of time if you actually have a system like that. And I think one aspect of judo that does that really well is um kumikata. Mm-hmm. Grip fighting. Because you have a system there that you can be like, okay, if I have the default grip, I'm always aiming to try and get a better grip than you do. Unless you have this grip, then that grip shuts down this grip and this that and this and that and that, right? But That's a whole system that-, that you can practice. But the thing with that is that if you have someone to train with, that's the whole thing. Well, you, you don't need do someone to train with to under, understand the system, right? Understand the system, but what are you going to do? You're going to put a gi. What are you going to put a gi on a hanger or something? Well, I'm. You don't have to practice it to understand it. Is what I'm saying. Because okay. I'm injured right now, I can't. I like you can't see my cast here, but I can't. <laughs> I, can't I can't train, but I can actually look at jujitsu and be like, okay, top control this, side control this. Um, if this happens and you have these options like to attack yeah. from these you're positions. Like, but again, you're talking about watching it, visualizing it, and mm-hmm. then thinking about yourself, like how you would do it. Yeah. Jude, I'm saying judo needs more of that. Judo needs more of that. Needs more of that versus kumikata is, is one way of having it. But so we, we could direct people like to say, oh, look at these kumikata gripping strategies, right? That's mm-hmm. a good use of time. But then they'll come back and when they do Rondori, they'll be doing grip fighting for four minutes for each round. Yes, yeah, yes. so they're just going to do grip, grip fighting and you're not practicing throws. You're practicing grip fighting at that point. Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm kind of hesitant on it. But I think if someone's able to develop some sort of system somewhere mm-hmm. to that, based off around movement, like mm-hmm. angles of attack and entry and kind of stuff like that, then I think that'll be a good learning resources for people through this uh, time right now. Well, you actually know who does some of the videos out right now. Travis, Travis Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> I really like those uh, angle attack videos he has. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this kind of goes back to what we said about how do you know what you're doing or what you know is good is through experience, right? Mm-hmm. And I, lack, I personally lack experience compared to someone like him. Yeah. But I've had these notions of the angles that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's actually talking about the stuff that I've been thinking kind of just confirms 
the stuff that I'm, I'm thinking about. So <laughs> when I healed, I'm now I'm now I'm excited to go actually try it out. Right. Okay. So that's good. That's good. No, but again, like right there, I was saying, like Olympic level player showing you how to do stuff for actual competition. It's right there. Mm -hmm. But okay, so I think it's what we talk about all all this episode now is about how to do stuff off YouTube. Is it going to help you? Is it not going to help you? And to me, I said, it's no problem watching it, but just don't try to John Wick stuff at judo. Don't try to yeah. practice. That's don't, safety wanna, first, yeah, right? Safety, safety first. first. Have some fun. You want to practice and learn it. That's cool. But it's movies. They can if it, work. if it looks amazing or if you've never seen anyone do that before, then it's probably not safe. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so you, you want to, you said you were plugging, let's go over again. You, you were kind of plugging your YouTube channel again, you said? No, no, it's just something that I'm thinking about doing in the future. It's not my okay. own YouTube. It's, so I used to have a YouTube channel. I'm going mm -hmm. off topic again now. So a few years ago, I wanted to do a YouTube channel since I grew up wrestling. I'm a black man judo now. Mm -hmm. And people always ask me, how do I do judo and wrestling? Or how do I use judo? Oh, okay, I understand. So I made a YouTube channel called Real Judo about how to use real how to use judo in a real situation or without a gi. How to use it like in real life. People mm -hmm. would say, "Yo, you're not gonna have a jacket. You're gonna have a gi." It's like, yeah, but I can get an overhook and underhook on anybody. I can get a body lock on anybody. I can get a head and arm on almost anybody. So maybe in the next few months, I'm gonna restart it up again. I think. So okay. Another YouTube channel for us to watch. Yeah. So I was thinking of since I'm injured now, I can't even walk. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking during this time of maybe doing some break match breakdowns. I mean, like Travis Stevens is doing match breakdowns. I don't know how we'd compare to him, but <laughs> unless someone, maybe you guys can email us and let us know. And if you're interested, but if you'd like <laughs> to know our humble opinion on these match breakdowns, let us know. Um, we can do that. Or yeah. maybe you can hear me talk about the philosophy of judo from my opinion for an hour. I don't, I don't know, but, um yeah that's we're all always we're always open to questions people were always open to suggestions um so like i said you always hit us up on our own uh, instagram accounts you can hit us up on our youtube account please like share and subscribe to that as well and like i said maybe one day we'll do a whole episode on just q a just send some questions and we'll go out and try to answer the best as we can okay yeah, that's it right yeah that's it give the last word yep i'll see you guys in two weeks Hopefully I'll be able to walk by then. <laughs> Later.